know, that music gets me every time. Boom. Man. Boom. It's like like the, the return of the Jedi is just landing. Uh kind of like <laughs> what I feel like I'm in a like we've all said before, we're like in a Star Wars movie. Uh, but what's up, everybody? Tony Cotillo here at Ticatillo 23, John Coger at PGH John 36. This is the fantasy firebox. I think this is episode 14, John, not 100 percent But uh, you know, we, we run this every Wednesday or Thursday every week. Do some fun stuff tonight. We'll talk about the week that was. Talk about some more injuries, some waiver wire ads. We will build a DraftKings lineup like we have been doing in the past. And some interesting questions about maybe some Miami Dolphin and Detroit Line gems that people aren't talking about. Uh, What's going on with the Rams backfield? Because that just seems like a cluster. You know what? Le'Veon Bell, John, your boy from Pittsburgh, gets released. Where is he going to wind up? Please not let it be the Chiefs because I don't want to hurt CEH's value. Okay, but let's just start right from the beginning. And, you know, listen, waiver wire picks are are always the biggest thing, biggest topic of conversation. Uh, I think one of the biggest things I'm looking at was the injury to Dalvin Cook. Uh, Obviously, he's not injured to the point where he can't play, but with a bye coming up, you know, it makes perfect sense for them not to play him, give him the rest. He gets two weeks off. Alexander Madison looked really good, man. He looked really good. And I listen, I know he's not Dalvin Cook, but I think he can be very serviceable. For me, he's the number one waiver I followed, followed by my own waiver wire gem. I, lo- I want to get your opinion on this in Miles Gaskin. I think Miles Gaskin has the opportunity to be a tremendous fantasy running back because Jordan Howard has fallen out of favor. Matt Breida can't stay on the field and they're getting slowly, but surely they're giving miles Gaskin every single opportunity to produce. What do you think about that, John? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that they sign Howard and Breida and we think it's going to go one way. And those two guys get drafted, neither of them high, but they were like going back to back practically. I mean, in fantasy drafts going in and then miles Gaskin, you know what I mean? Miles Gaskin. Like, I don't know how you bring in two free agents and then go run with this guy. I mean, it's it's almost unheard of. But, uh, really yeah, is. I mean, he's getting volume. They trust him. I mean, he was even getting goal line work. I don't know about this last week, but uh, the week prior. I mean, he, they, he didn't even get pulled out in goal line work with uh, Jordan Howard. So, and he's catching balls. I don't know that you're, you can expect, like, 150 yard two touchdown games but you could definitely expect 17 carries 70 yards four to five catches or something you know in that range yeah i i listen i really think i mean it's a guy i'm I'm really excited about and i'm only saying that because how many times you pick up a guy who does it all in week six of the fantasy football season literally does it all plays for a team that let's not make no, no mistake about it they're scoring some points Miami Fitzmagic is doing some stuff out there. I mean, it, it, listen, are they going to win you a championship? No, but Miles Gaskin is owned in over 80% of all ESPN and Yahoo leagues. He's sitting there for the taking. Okay. And as we do this podcast right now, for people who don't do two day waivers, hopefully you got Miles Gaskin. I went live yesterday uh, for the final judgment on Daily Ticket on Fox Sports The Gambler, and he was my number one pick. They asked me, who who is the guy? If you Right now, you can only pick up one guy. Who is it? I said, Miles Gaskin. Okay, he's a top 40 running back this season, literally sitting there, sitting there, John. Okay, he 16 for 57 in a touchdown last week, and he had five catches for 34 yards. That That's the kind of player 
that you want. That's the kind of player you look at. I mean, you hear the word Belkow. And listen, if he gets those carries up to 20 and he's getting five to seven or eight targets a game, and we're talking 20 points per game, running back potential here. And to get a guy in week six, that's fantasy gold, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's been off the waivers a little bit. I know I, I have him in, I think, two of my four leagues. But, I mean, I got him in week three or something like, you know, I, I pounced. Right, because you it know what you're doing. It, somewhat, yes. No, you not could to say sound that. arrogant, but I'm just saying. Like, right. he shouldn't be available in some of these leagues. That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. Vol- volume and owning a job is priceless. You know, the only thing that's not good is if you, if you, uh, you know, fumble – not fumble, but if you can, if you can't perform so much where you're getting 14 carries for 30 yards week in and week out and your team's losing, yeah, you're going to lose your job. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, and, and that's the biggest thing. The The Dolphins actually look like a competitive team. So yeah, they're they in do. games. And, you know, he, he doesn't – I still think a lot of the goal line work is going to go to Howard, but he's catching the balls. Brieta is, is uh, MIA. So yeah, that was great pickup. You know, if he's oh, if he's still out there, absolutely. You know, you said about Madison. Look, he's taken over for, for Cook in that offense, but it's going to be one week. So right, I I hung on to Madison. It was a shallow, or I wasn't a shallow league, but shallow bench spots. I had Madison, but I ended up having to cut him just because of you know injuries and things that happened. Um, but yeah, Alexander Madison, anytime he has to step into the starting role for cook, he is an RB two period. But if they're both playing different story and you have to realize Dalvin cook, it does not have a long-term in- injury. So if you already got two good running backs that are starting, I wouldn't even waste the time unless you have the bench spot to be able to ride it out for another Dalvin cook injury. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And we and listen, we talked to you, you you hit the nail on the head when we talk about, you know, Miami Dolphins. They're being very productive on the offensive side of the ball. And that's why I label this episode as, as some Miami Detroit gems because guys like Miles Gaskin, right? Guys like DeAndre Swift at Detroit. Finally, we, we I remember John, me and you both broke this episode down when we were talking about all the divisions in football in the preseason, and we were very excited about the potential of DeAndre Swift. And then lo and behold, he gets hurt a little bit. They bring in Adrian Peterson. Now we're like, what's going on? Now now you have AP, you have Carry on Johnson, you have DeAndre Swift, but he's looking better and better week to week. Right, he he really is. I mean, he's not getting the rushes, but he's getting the ball through the air, and at least he's getting involved in the offense. So I think maybe this could be a thing where we think about, you know, he he's kind of developing and understanding the playbook, and I think that eventually, my opinion, I think he will overtake, you know, four carries. I I don't think he'll overtake the number one spot, but he'll at least be a really really good split, and he's going to get a lot of catches. So I think he could be very very useful especially 70 75 percent owned i mean you know he he he's still you know there's not many options to get him but if you can get him i i think he's a good find yeah i I don't know that detroit backfield has been a mess for years for years i mean think about what it's been a mess for years yeah and every year it's like oh carry on was supposed to be the guy 
I mean, how many guys have they had over the past three years? I mean, I can't have Bo Scarborough. He comes in because yeah. carry-on gets hurt. I mean, it's just guy after guy. But, yeah, the Adrian Peterson signing was really like the dagger. Like you could yeah. kind of envision a carry-on Johnson, you know, first, second down, DeAndre Swift, third down and rotate series every once in a while. But, yeah, then you bring in AP and it just – I, I don't think he's going to get enough volume with AP there. The way the team's going, like I, uh, I don't see him busting out. I really don't. I see a lot of okay performances. You're tied with uh, bye weeks and injuries, and you need a guy. He's not, he has a a, a high floor, low ceiling. You know what I mean? This guy, he's going to get you whatever six eight points guaranteed if he plays, but I also don't see him exploding. I mean, he could break one. Don't get me wrong. He is an explosive player, but I mean, you're looking at about eight to 10 touches a week, and I don't really see that volume going up too much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I, I kind of think differently. I think that, you know, eventually, especially with that team, uh, I, I think it's it, it's a, a role reversal right now. I do. I think, you know, AP was brought in because he's the veteran guy and they needed a, a really good presence there, and they were waiting for DeAndre Swift to kind of develop and learn. And I think he's learning more and more and more. And I think eventually, we're talk I would say around week 10, I think that'll be the point where we could get that DeAndre Swift factor where he's getting more than eight to 10 touches. I think he bumps it up to 15 or 16, which could be very, very serviceable in fantasy. I now, so. I, I, I hope that? so. I, yeah, I hope so. I would love I it. I think that's, I Don't think that's where wrong. we're going. I would love it. And I, I mean, do. look, he, he's, he's short or, you know, for NFL standards, but I mean, he's 215 pounds and he's quick. He's just so explosive. I mean, I'd love to see him give him the rock more. I really do. Yeah, he 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 was very, very, very talented. And I say that in college, right? And we always talk about, will the college game translate to the NFL? Quicker speed, it's a faster game. Uh, the players are stronger. So sometimes you get that mental block, right? You, you get that physical block that says, okay, I have to learn how to play with these guys. And I, I think that's all it is. He's very talented. It will translate. It's just going to take some time. Now, one guy who is talented who was out of the league and comes back into the league uh, was one of my sleeper picks last week. And Devonta Freeman is finally starting to show up a little bit. Now I say finally, because a lot of people thought that he was going to instantly come through week one and all of a sudden be a, a workhorse. Like they have to relax, pump the brakes a little bit. This is week three, but his percentage of touches has gone from 21 to 46 to 62. And if you watched him run, in that game against Dallas, it doesn't matter if it was Dallas or New Orleans. It doesn't matter who he would have played. He was playing with that physicality that we're used to seeing for Devonta Freeman. He was getting outside. He was going east and west, not just north to south. He's starting to get his feet. He's starting to get his legs. And I'll tell you what, you know, if, if he could get up to that 20 carry a game threshold and start to get those four or five catches, I'll tell you, John, he's another guy. That, uh, we're talking week six. Week six, halfway through the fantasy football season, and we're finding number one running backs. And, again, low-end number one running backs, but still, number one running backs sitting out there waiting to be plucked, right? Some guys didn't take Devonta Freeman. They left him there. They didn't think he was going to do anything. So, you know, he's a guy I think is honestly, I think he's a star. He's he's growing 
into a must-start every week. Give me another couple weeks, but I think right now he's a streamlined guy, but I think he's a must-start after these next two weeks that he develops and starts to get those touches. Do you agree? I don't know that he's a must-start, but, yeah, I mean, it's bye week time, so he will be a starter. I don't know if it's a must-start, but, yes, he will be a starter. Um, you know, in week three-ish or whenever it was when the – oh, he he's meeting with three or four teams. I instantly went and picked him up in like every league that I could. I got a, I got him one week early in one league, but yeah, I mean it's going to be the volume. Saquon goes down. What, I mean, what do you do? You know that they're not going to rely on Dion Lewis or Wayne Gallman. They go and they sign Freeman. So what do you think they want to do? They want to mirror the offense as best they could with what they already had, which was Saquon Barkley. All right, so what guy can I go get? that can be a three-down back, catch the ball, run the ball. Now, look, what you're going to get out of Freeman is probably, I would say, I mean, this is a fantasy show. So I'm going to say you get 70% of what Saquon Barkley would do. So if Saquon Barkley would run for 1,400 yards over a entire season, Freeman would get right around that 1,000-yard mark. You know what I mean? If Saquon would get 12 rushing touchdowns, he could get seven. Or eight. I don't know how those per- percentages are, are working out, but I mean, just in just in general, yes, I see him as probably a fifteen carry a week guy, and probably five targets in the passing game. You know, I mean, hopefully he's catching them, but it, truthfully, it's on the shoulders of uh, what is it, David Jones? That's that's what it is. Or Daniel? Uh, I said David Jones. Yeah, you think of the I knew. I, that's what, <laughs> even when I said it, I was like, "That's not right." I was like. Hey, um, hey, think of the yeah, monkeys. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, Dan, see, now I'm going to be screwed up for like a week. You're Daniel done. Jones, You're done. You're I am. I'm done. done. Don't make me say his name. But Daniel Jones, he, he got to run the, I mean, that offense has just looked so poor. Um, you know, Evan Ingram is, is non-existent. Sterling Shepard's been out. I mean, Golden Tate, I don't know. He's only, he only plays. 30% of the games because he's always nicked up. Um, so, yeah, but I, I like Freeman. I like Freeman. I like him as a flex now, or I'll take him as a number two. Hey, just like we said about Gaskin, you got a guy that's getting 15 carries and yep. five targets in the passing game. I will take them all day. And those Absolutely. are the guys Those are the guys that you could buy cheap on, and you don't realize how valuable they are. Everybody, when you make a trade, oh, I want to get this guy or that guy. All right, well, are you willing to give up that same caliber of guy, you know what I mean, to to get that running back? Are you ready to give up DeAndre Hopkins to go and get your CEH or whatever, you know, or Josh Jacobs or a Mixon? Like, you you prepared to do that? Or do you go to a little lower level and see if you could trade a, a receiver to a needy receiver team and get one of these, you know, Devontae Freeman and other guys, James Robinson. He's been hyped all year. The only difference is he's had more touchdowns than Gaskins. Yeah. Really no different, you know? Um, but, you know, he's another guy. If you're going to target a guy, it's just, it's much easier to get that slow and steady. Look, ain't going to blow up for 150 yards, but you know what you're getting every week. And if you have an extra receiver that you could trade to get one of these guys, I mean, it's beneficial, all three of them. I, I agree. Now, let me ask you this. Let's stay on the running back trade here because two situations I want to get your opinion on. And number one, 
you know, we talked about this. What was going to happen in Chargerville? What was going to happen in the backfield? Uh, you know, Austin Eckler out four to six weeks. Was it going to be, you know, was it going to be Joshua Kelly or was Justin Jackson going to insert himself into that lineup? Now, I, I would, for one, was a guy who said, be careful, watch Justin Jackson. For, for some reason, Anthony Lynn likes this guy. And lo and behold, he gets the rock 15 times, scores, you know, 71 yards, Five five catches, twenty three. He's got six targets. All of a sudden, he's inserting himself as a number one running back, and you know, all of a sudden, Joshua Kelly's an afterthought. Now, this could be week to week. It could be riding a hot hand. What do you see out there? Plus, what is going on in L.A.? Because one week. It's Malcolm Brown, and then we see Daryl Henderson, and then all of a sudden, came Akers gets a couple knocks, and then we go back to Daryl Henderson. Like these two backfields, can we help us dissect these, please? Because I'm lost 100%. <laughs> I can't do that. I don't think there's one person out there that can do that. I mean, look. Eckler went out, you know, Justin Jackson and Kelly are going to absorb the workload. So, I mean, that's an obvious. Which one? All right, well, it was Justin Jackson that was the backup, but Kelly kind of overtook him like preseason a little bit. Look, Kelly looked really good the first couple weeks to the point where he looked like he could be a starting, like a number one running back for fantasy in the right situation. I mean, he looked that good. Then Eckler goes down. You're thinking, all right, well, can Kelly just step into that role? But here goes Justin Jackson, won't go away. How many, I, I actually, in a best ball league, drafted Justin Jackson, and I've been so annoyed ready to cut him because Joshua Kelly is like, Dude, this is now a third string guy that I'm, there's no purpose. And then here he comes. So look, <laughs> It, while Eckler's out, I really don't know. I think it's going to be week to week. I mean, obviously, Justin Jackson, for what he did this past week, looks to be the lead guy. If I had to even it up, I would say it's a 60-40 split, 65-35. I wouldn't go over. Not to say that Justin Jackson can't get 90%. Not to say that Joshua Kelly can't come up and actually outcarry Justin Jackson or get third down work. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm, I'm going at a 60-40 split with Justin Jackson in the lead there. But, I mean, it could vary hugely because you don't know what the game plan is. Same right. thing like you you brought up, the, you know, the other L.A. team. I don't know what's going on with the Rams. I mean, it looked like Malcolm Brown was the guy because he was the old, vet, the old vet. I mean, how many years has he been in the league? Three or four? Yeah, right? exactly. But he was the old man of the running backs. So it looked like they trusted him. He got a little dinged up. Cam Akers was supposed to do it at the beginning of the season. Then they're both out. And Daryl Henderson looks like a, a world beater. And all of a sudden, one of them comes back. And it, I just go back to what um, – oh, what's the coach's name? What he said at the beginning of the season. McVay. He said, yeah. He, he said, look – I want I want my running game to be like the 49ers. I want a three-headed monster. He said it preseason. That was, you know, who knows? There can always be a guy that can take over a job and force you to play him, you know, just because of his performance. But I really see that being what it's going to be this year. I, I see all three of them having a role. You don't know when it's going to be one versus another. You know, if you if you're feeling lucky, 
you could play the lottery or you could roll with one of these running backs. Play the lottery, roll one of these running backs. It is, it, I'll tell you, it is That's like what it is. Run, it is. It's running back roulette, man. It really is. I, there's there, there's no other way to talk about it. It's and, running back roulette. And I've had Daryl Henderson for probably four to five weeks, and every time I rolled the dice, I rolled wrong. Every time it was wrong. I had him on the bench when he blows up. Oh, then then I put him in the lineup. Then he does nothing. It it's it's just like the New England backfield. Same thing. You're going to drive yourself nuts. I would I would rather be able to sleep well at night than have to, you know what I mean, have, have heart palpitations on the running back situations of these teams. Nah, listen, I hear you. Well, one, one thing we got right and one thing we talked about and uh, we were adamant about was the Chase Edmonds factor. We talked about, listen, we labeled the, we labeled the episode the, the episode we can't stand the Drake, right? And I don't care if he scored. He didn't do anything for me. Chase Edmonds had the better game, and he's going to continue to have the better game. Week in and week out, this is going to be Chase Edmonds' team. I'm telling you, I fully believe that, and it's going to reverse. I mean, listen, he had his best game of the season. He really did, and and five for 56, man. I mean, this is what you're talking, another guy, John, just what we talked about, right? Another guy to where you insert, he's getting the touches, right? He's getting the targets, and he's scoring. So another guy, that you're. what what are you going to get? 12 to 15 carries you know will he get up to that i think he'll get about 12 but he's going to get a lot of looks in in, in the flat you know a lot of screenplays man a lot a lot of targets and if, if he can continue to do that why teams are focusing on guys like christian kirk and deandre hopkins and larry fitzgerald he's going to be set to be a fantasy monster, man. He is. I, I really like If you watch him, I know I get excited. You know, you always temper my expectations, which is fine because I'm I'm very excitable. I am. But you're very, see, you get, you get high and you get low, man. I do. Like a way, like way too far on both ends. <laughs> I do, man. I do. I want to bury dudes who screw me. And, and I want to, I want to catapult guys at the top who I think are just that special. And I think Chase Edmonds is that special. Just watching him develop. Uh, I liked him last year before he got hurt. I like him again. And he's another guy that, I mean, listen, if he is sitting on a waiver wire right now, again, I want to join your league because, you know, guys that, that are up for waivers that I hear people to ask questions. Should I pick this guy up? I'm like, what? Pick this guy. How is he available? Who do you have? With, why do you have four quarterbacks on your team? Like, why do you have two kickers? Please tell me why. Why? And listen, I'm telling you right now, if somebody has two kickers on their team, insert your fantasy card in a mailbox and, and ship it off because you don't, you, you don't belong in fantasy football. If you're, if you're, I'm sorry. Say what you want, John. You may you may disagree, but John, two kickers. Come on, are you really carrying two kickers on your fantasy team? Uh, no. Although I will I will say right now, by one league, my the bench. It, it's such a deep league, and the bench was so bare. I I forget who I actually cut. I said, you know what? Because I have lots. I said, you know what? I'm going to hang on to Lutz because uh, I had I forget who it was. It was someone that was completely pointless. That's fine. Well, but outside, but but yeah, I haven't had uh, I haven't had two kickers in twenty years. 
Molly Checkers is fantasy football no matter what. It's mainly luck, circumstances, year of 2020 season. There is zero chance of actually figuring anything out definitively. Any type of analytic for this season is useless. I completely agree. Really, I completely agree, which is exactly why I stuck to DFS this year. I did. I should have never. I should have never joined the one league that I did because now I'm paying for it because I can't even get into it. It's you know it's very cumbersome and you know what I'm probably wasting money, but that's okay. It's all good. It really is. But Chase Edmonds, man, Chase Edmonds is going to be the guy to own going forward. So you'll you'll see. Week eight, week nine, everybody, if they haven't trashed a Drake yet, they'll be trashing a Drake because he deserves to be in a trash right now. Now. John, black and gold, man. We got to go right to the receiver position. We got to talk about your boys, Claypool, right? We got to talk about Chase Claypool. Now, listen, let's preface this by saying we, 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 you know, we, listen, we did the show last night and we broke down the Eagles in the Pittsburgh game and we talked about how fantastic he was. He, he was sensational. But the, if you think he's going to score four touchdowns, you're, you're, you're crazy. But, what he did do is he developed, and you did, you said, listen, there's a lot of mouths to feed out there, right? Eric Ebron, James Washington, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. The whole thing, though, to me, is when Ben develops a rapport with somebody, right? When he gets that rapport, listen, it's still we're still talking about Juju maybe having problems being the number one guy. We're still talking about Juju maybe having a problem getting open and getting separation. Deontay Johnson can't stay healthy. And I'll tell you what, I keep hearing about James Washington for years, but what has he done? So at the end of the day, if Big Ben develops a really good rapport with Chase Claypool, could he be a week-to-week starter? What do you think? Uh, I don't see it happening this year. I I really don't. Um, Look, Juju's still there. Uh, he's having a down year, no question. I really expected a big bounce back year. I mean, the the whole passing game in Pittsburgh was a disaster last year, period. Like, just end of story. Ben's back. He was his guy. Now, remember, but even going into that year, the question was, can Juju lead the team as the number one receiver? Yeah. Okay? So that question is still sitting there. The the, the is- Not an issue. The good The good thing is there's all these other receivers there. James Washington, the James Washington pick was paired with Mason Rudolph, both coming out of, I believe, Oklahoma State. That was his that was his deep throw to Oklahoma State. So they both got drafted. I think that was more the pairing. Look, Ben doesn't have any allegiance to James Washington. He's like that guy that just kind of shows up when Ben needs him to. He breaks off good roots. He makes a couple good plays. Look, Chase Claypool, he... It, it was Deontay Johnson the first two weeks with 10 and 13 targets. Deontay Johnson had 11 targets this past week. It's going to vary game to game, but yes, you need to get Ben's trust. I will tell you from what I've seen this year, Deontay Johnson has his trust. Um, Chase Claypool has his trust. And we know from prior years that Juju has his trust. So that's three guys, but you never know where it's going to go. You don't know what the, you know, you cannot consistently have three receivers perform fantasy wise week in and week out on the same. It's team. tough. I mean, it's we tough. saw it with Atlanta for the first three weeks. What happened with Russell Gage? He disappeared even when Julio was out. He did disappear. Uh, yeah, yeah look, he did. You're right. Claypole is a big target threat. 
uh, or a big, yeah. And um, I just, he's not going to see 11 targets a game, period. It's just not going to happen. Well, our, our good friend, Jenna, checking in. A long time, no see. Evans worth a flex spot. And lastly, what do you do about Michael Thomas? Do you trade him? Wow. Wait a minute. Wait, before you shake your head, first of all, Jenna, I will tell you, Edmonds, honestly, 100% worth the flex spot. 100%, no end for buts about it. I'm I'm giving you that advice. That's my advice. I've been hyping him off for the last two weeks. Michael Thomas, that's a very – here's what I will say about Michael Thomas. We are in the middle of the fantasy football season, and we had this discussion about Patrick Mahomes a few weeks ago. And when you have a guy that's going to command maximum value, and maybe, just maybe, you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, could this be the down year of Michael Thomas based on two things, based on Drew Brees, not the guy he once was, and based on a high ankle sprain. I'm telling you right now, the high ankle sprain is such a bad injury. Such a bad injury. It, 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 look, look what's going on with Lane Johnson right now. Okay? Look what, what, what happened to Saquon Barkley last year. When they get these high ankle sprains, they're never right, man. They're not right. So what you have to think about, he gets injured week one. It's a four- to six-week recovery. Okay? Four- to six weeks. So even at that six-week recovery, it takes him four weeks to get right. Now we're at week 10. Week 11, two weeks from your fantasy football playoffs. I'm telling you right now, if somebody came to me with a number one running back and a a tweener receiver that was number one slash number two, I'm taking a trade. Now, I don't know if we could talk about guys. Maybe that, you know, maybe somebody said to me, I'll give you Clyde Edwards Hilaire and I will give you Cooper Cup. Give it to me. I'm doing the deal. Right, if I can get a number one, and and I can get another like slash one two, I think you do it, especially depending on your roster construction. Right, uh, you know, I, again, I know Jenna. You know, we were going back and forth. She was talking about she has Darren Waller uh, or or somebody. I, I forget somebody was going to trade her Darren Waller, uh, or or she had Darren Waller. I forget what it was. She declined. Uh, until it, it, uh, you know. It, we were talking, and I was kind of stupid, said some dumb stuff, and I apologize for it with, about fantasy, but because uh, I was wrong. But um, but Darren Waller's another guy. I mean, that Darren Waller, if you can trade Darren Waller top notch, like a top tight end for two for one, John, I got to do it, man. I got to do it. Yeah, yes. I. It depends on what you're going to get. Put it this way. I am not paying for Michael Thomas because of the unknown factor. But if I own him, I'm still going to hang on to him. Oh, believe me, if I like your, your first scenario, and I'm sorry, I I got knocked off for a a quick second there. Your first scenario with um, CEH, Clyde Edwards, a lair and, um, and Cooper cup. Absolutely. I'm doing that. There's no question. I don't think even as a Michael Thomas owner, I don't think I would get the other owner to bite on that. So yes, I would do it. It's not that I'm the my bottom line is right now Michael Thomas's value is not high. So I want to see what he's going to do when he comes. You already waited this long. If you're going right. to do it, you might as well have done it two, three weeks ago. So he's so close to coming back. 
I would just say, you know what? Let me see what he could do. Hopefully, if he gets 13 targets and catches eight balls, well, you have you have the same dilemma. Do you think that he's going to be hindered and breeze and everything that you mentioned? Or do you think that, you know, it's either a buy or sell at that point? But right now, I would not necessarily sell him. Granted, every player is available for the right deal. You know what I mean? Absolutely. If, if you have Zeke and somebody says that I'll give you uh, Tyreek Hill and Josh Jacobs for Zeke, I'm doing it. You know, it's it, there's always a price tag. but um, Always. Yeah, it's just Michael Thomas's value isn't high. It, truthfully, uh, McCaffrey, to me, is in the same boat. Because I look at these guys, and I'm looking at my roster construction and where I can get value. And, I mean, it's still name value on one side, but you don't know how good he's going to come back. Like, even if you get a little discount, you know, because of the injury, you don't know what he's going to perform to. No, you don't. I, I get it. I, I just – I think – a lot of people hold on too long certain times, especially in fantasy. They, they're not ready to, to, you know, to hit the trigger, so to speak. They're just not ready. And, and before they decide to pull the trigger, it's too late. They already lost. And I think that's why we always talk about risk versus reward all the time. So I just think that's right now you, you definitely have to set into what is part two of my fantasy season going to look like? What what are the guys? I'm are, are there two divisions? Are you know is it two guys in each division? Is it two wild cards? Is it the top three guys? Who is you have to start looking at who that top team is, and if you can beat them, you have to start analyzing it. And if you don't think you have that guy, now's the time to start throwing everybody out there. Say yo, I'm gonna dangle this carrot. Who's up? Who wants some? Right? Who wants some? Anybody wants some? And you're gonna get the the morons that give you the stupid trades. Like, let me give you five bench players for Michael Thomas. Like, stop, stop, dude. I'm not an idiot, right? Then you're gonna watch the guys prey on the the Owen five guys. They think they're just gonna give up their whole roster for nothing, right? That's ridiculous. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's all worth, like you said, it's all worth a conversation, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, and it's roster construction too. Like the every league is different. I mean, even when as I'm managing the leagues, what I do, the decisions I make at two and three, knowing what my starting lineup is coming up in week six and what I need to do is different than in my free agent pick. My waiver wire is different than a league that I'm four and one in and have a different level of depth and, and going through different things. If you got a guy coming back, you make a decision. Alexander Madison, like if I was strapped for a, a position or, you know, for a running back. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting in a claim for him because I need to win this week. If I'm like sitting at two and three or one and four, I need to win. And I don't have two starting running backs, but then in another league, you have James Robinson, James Connor and miles Gaskin. So even if you pick him up, okay, you could pick them up and still start them. Which one of those guys are you benching? Cause they all have fairly juicy matchups. I'm not saying that I wouldn't start Madison, but then it's like, who are you dropping for them? You know, and it's so every league's different. It's, it's all about what you have, but you're getting to the point now, if you have a losing record, you need to play to win this week. If that means you're uh, starting quarterback, uh, where's my, uh, my thing? If your starting quarterback has a bad matchup, um, Joe Burrow, I don't know that he's your starter, Jared Goff. They have, you know, they're playing at Indy and at San Fran. Look, if those are your two quarterbacks for whatever reason, 
I'll dude, I'm picking up uh uh what's his face? Fitzpatrick. I'll pick him yes. up and play him against the Jets. Why but not? It's not it's not the guy that I wanna like if I just lost Dak, I mean I might pick him up for a week. I may play week to week on my quarterbacks. So and I'm actually in a dilemma right now. Do I pick up Roethlisberger to have that it's only four five bed spots? That's it. Okay. So do I go and pick up Roethlisberger to have the replacement for Dak, knowing that I have a starting quarterback or whatever for the year? Or do I say, you know what? I'm just picking up Fitzpatrick and I'm gonna play uh I'm gonna play roulette through the season. And Ooh. you know, but you got a losing record. What do you do? Yeah. It's it's Fitzpat it's Fitzmagic time. It's magic. You know? It's Fitzmagic. Molly says that's why she likes the concepts of dynasty leagues. It's always it's because you're always got to be thinking ahead. I, I yeah, it's true. Um, I, yep. I'll tell you, I you know Molly brings up a good point because something I've been wanting to do, and and I think I I would love we'll we'll, we'll save it to, till the end of the fantasy season, but I'd love to do like a whole episode on different style of leagues because I don't think enough people understand out there uh, what they're all about. And we talk about DFS, traditional dynasty, you know, keeper leagues, redraft, best ball. There's so many different leagues out there. Uh, people just don't have the right information. And we'll bring some people in to get on the right information. But I think it's it, a lot of it, like you say, you say roster construction a lot. It's also about scoring system, right? It's about oh, league yeah. structure. What does your league do, right? Uh, Mo look, see, my Molly says she might go with Fitzmagic if I were in your shoes. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, Fitzmagic, yep. I mean, listen, he rips, you know, he puts that, that F on his chest, man, and he goes out there. I'll tell you, man, I, I, I can't believe it, man. Uh, I, I can't, I can't believe it. Uh, great idea. Thanks, Molly. Yeah, Molly, listen, I, I'll be honest with you because. I'm not very familiar with redraft leagues and because I only play certain kind of leagues, I, I, I will not label myself an expert in every league. And last year was the first time I ever knew about best ball leagues. And I absolutely loved it. Loved the best ball league. Uh, set it and forget it. I say it's the lazy man, lazy woman's football league. It is spectacular. Set it and forget it, man. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, so that's a good idea. We're going to do uh, – I'll try to get the ball blast girls on here because Michelle was really good. They do all that stuff. So maybe I can get her back on and, you know, we can have a little – a three-box set. We can talk about all the different leagues. But, John, you, you know, you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. And before we go on to building the DraftKings lineup – uh, you know, for the last half of this show, I, you know, I said something the other day. I want to see if you agree with it because I, I, I watched two weeks ago. I was big on Justin Herbert, and I just said, listen, this kid, he, he's going to solidify that position. And once he starts, Tyrod Taylor's never getting his job back. Whether he's got a punctured lung or not, doesn't matter. He's never getting a job back. And you see, this kid, he, he's got nothing to lose, right? Nothing to lose. And when we talk about fantasy, I say right now. He's better than Drew Brees. He's better than Ben Roethlisberger. I'm saying right now, moving ahead, rest of the way rankings, I am taking Justin Herbert over Drew Brees and taking him over Ben Roethlisberger week to week. What do you think about that? That's I, I can't disagree with you. I don't know that me personally, I could pull that trigger. <laughs> You know me. I'm always above, man. I'm a, I always <laughs> look. Twenty five, prob probably twenty five years, uh, at least twenty five years of fantasy football 
and think about how many times a rookie quarterback has worked out for you in fantasy. Think about it. 25 years. Uh, there have been, you know, sometimes not really even full see what RG3 did it was his rookie year was a good good year. Um, you know, Lamar was he only played half his first year. Mahomes didn't play his first year. Peyton Manning was terrible his first year. Rogers sat behind far for two years. I I'm I don't know. Getting that yes, he's looked good. He's looked good, but I am not convinced that he can he is polished enough to read a defense consistently and make the quick reads. I think that he got thrown. I think he's going to be a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. Um, but no, I mean, right now he's practically on pace for like being ranked the fifth quarterback in my like scoring system. If I prorated yeah, out I his four uh his four games. But I can't uh I, I think your comparison, uh, you know, would you take him over Roethlisberger? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it's absolutely feasible. Um, I, yeah, I just think he's playing a little a little over his head. I mean, he, he's on pace for 36 touchdowns. Let, let, hey, let's get let's get Well, real. right. And we know he's going to have a couple back steps. We understand that. But I'm just saying right now, I mean, listen. You know, Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger haven't been setting the world on fire, right? And I, you know, I don't think we're going to snap our fingers and all of, all of a sudden Drew Brees is going to get an arm back. It's just not going to happen. Drew Brees is going to be who he is. And I'm telling you right now, people already complained about Taysom Hill being into the game too much. And it's going to continue because Sean Payton sees what we all see. Drew Brees has lost some zip on the ball, and he knows that. He has to protect the veteran, and he'll continue to do that. So I'm sorry. I want a kid. That ball he slung out there to Mike Williams. Are you kidding me? Really? Like, I, that ball he slung to the corner to Keenan Allen? It's unbelievable. I love it. Uh, Robert's checking in. I, I look a lot at the offensive schemes and defensive strength of schedule when choosing top top end positions. Absolutely, John, uh, John's a big yep. proponent of that. Um, that obviously that's the smart way to be, right? One hundred percent. He's also it says Pittsburgh's blue collar town mentality resonates well with running the ball historically. James Conner will do great things this year as long as he's healthy. Uh, and that listen, as long as he's healthy, right? And that's always the problem with James Conner. Right, as long as he's healthy. And if he is, fantastic. But here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting thing. What if, what if Le'Veon Bell comes back to Pittsburgh? Do you think it right? Because we haven't even talked. Listen, the guy gets released. You know, I I, I swear if you gave me money right now, he's going to the Patriots. Just my opinion. <laughs> but I, it's because that's what always happens, right? I mean, listen, they're hyping up Damian Harris and this and that, but you know as well as I do, Bill Belichick's mind is spinning right now, going, I get Lev Bell and a, a healthy Cam Newton. Man, I'll tell you, man, look, at, and Lev Bell will look tremendous. He will look tremendous, right? He will would, always look tremendous. But would Belichick feed Lev Bell like a workhorse? He hasn't I, done it since like who? No, but I don't think he Maroney? has to be. He doesn't have to be. He can, he listen. He can give Bell fifteen carries a game and five touches. Right? I think he could do that. That's a lot. I, That's a lot for the way that I'm just saying for the way. And when you say a game, you. Uh, Every game's different. 
Like, like, are they really going to be still bringing in Rex Burkhead for his six to eight well, carries? Are they still going to bring in Damian Harris for three to three to five carries? You know what I mean? James White trickling. I mean, it's not like there's 45 carries to go around to all these miles. That's why I, yeah, I don't know. I'm if they, if they went with bell and fed him, I would love it. Just feed anybody. I don't care who it is. I don't care if you're a practice squad guy, the worst guy on the roster. All I want is volume. I want to see the the team committed to the volume. That's it. I agree. I agree. Al, second. What's up, Al? He says he's, play, he's talking about uh, Justin Herbert. He's playing well right now, but he's gotten into the meat and potatoes of their schedule yet, bro. He's still a rookie. I get it. I, I and I know you with John are right. I get it. So, but I'm just saying, man. Like, you know, watching the way he's just fearless and and slinging the ball. Man, I'm talking about if I'm if I'm a fancy owner and I'm sitting with a stiff at quarterback, I'm starting Justin Herbert every week, man, until he burns me. Start until he burns me. I mean, Joe Burrow had a bad week last week, right? It's going to happen. Everybody's going to have a bad week as a rookie. Well, uh, I will say on top of that, I don't know with all the schedule changes. It's been a nightmare for my uh, my all my spreadsheets and everything, Oof. flipping all these games. I had everything set. So I'm looking at the Chargers and I see two bye weeks because they must have had something change and I just had to change it and I didn't go through and do the whole thing. <laughs> Bottom line is though, what it appears to me on what I'm looking at is they got Miami, Jacksonville, Las Vegas, and Denver as for their next five games. That's not a bad schedule. That's not a bad schedule at all. That's now, not a bad schedule. After that, I mean, then they go Buffalo, New England, but then, you know, then it's Atlanta, Las Vegas, Denver again. And Atlanta's probably around playoff time for fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Right? So the schedule, the schedule's pretty forgiving. Forgiving. I like that. I like that. Our buddy Bill second and says they always find the next guy up in Pittsburgh. Uh, Bill Fleming, yeah, I'll tell you, they always find everybody in Pittsburgh. They find every receiver and every linebacker that nobody else freaking finds. I'll tell you that. They find them all. Uh, Rob, Rob, check it back in, says, look at the Patriots printing that money. Grant the Belichick are about second chances via Randy Moss. Absolutely. And this is the Patriot way. It's the Patriot way, man, They because they want to be able to say, yeah, we made it work. We made it work. We, 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 we yeah, we look past that. We made that. That's what they wanted. That's their mo, man. That's their mo. Uh, I got a couple of Twitter questions. Uh, Jenna wants to know what what says sloppy internet connection right now. She can't get on. What should she do with Debo Samuel? Um, John, I'll let you answer that one. Uh, because that 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 receiving core is just a mess out there. It looks like Brandon Ayuk is really starting to take over a little bit. Uh, I, I, but again, Jimmy G horrible game last week, right? Horrible game. Look, I, I listen, I don't know who looks worse sometimes him or Kirk cousins, never been a Jimmy G guy. Uh, you know, Bether comes in again, uh, you know, tries to bail them out, but uh, you know, Debo can be really, really good, right? Debo can be really, really good. The whole problem is health, right? Yeah. I mean, he had the injury, um, the quarterback turnstile over there is not helping out, no. but they weren't a big passing team in the first place. I did not draft any San Fran 49er receivers. I don't own any at this moment, and I probably won't own any any for the rest of the year. So, yeah, if I had him on my roster, I'd hang on to him as a number four receiver. But until he shows me something, I'm I'm not chasing potential. 
Jen, Jenna, just, Jenna's just checking in now. Internet connection must have got better. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about, Jenna. We're talking about Debo, uh, you know, about his potential. And John saying they're basically a running team. And he's probably, I, I honestly, I think he's the third option on that team because Kittle's number one. And I think Brandon Ayuk's number two. And I think now Debo Samuel becomes number three. Now, I think they will. The one thing you could have with Samuel, I think, is the Shanahan effect to where he likes to get Samuel into that the reverse game, the, the little wide receiver sweep. So I think you have that element to his game. But I agree, John. I, I don't think I don't think I, I have a lot of confidence in Debo Samuel going forward, especially like you said, that quarterback situation out there. It's not good. Maybe I keep hearing whispers about Matt Ryan, maybe donning a San Francisco uniform next year or something, but we shall see, man. Can you imagine? We shall see. Uh, Al checking in says, wow, it's a good schedule. It builds confidence. Yeah, it's a really good schedule for Justin Herbert. Um, Jenna checking in again. Any predictions on where Le'Veon Bell goes? Hey, listen. I, I uh, oh, look, Jenna said it after I, I said, Matt Ryan, Matt, Matt Ryan is coming here. Book it. See, I'm telling you, man, the whispers are out there with Matt Ryan. Let, before we hold it on our DraftKings line, let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. We touched on it a little bit. Uh, you know, I didn't really get your take, John, but where do you think option-wise, you know, I'm hearing all kinds of different things. I'm here in Kansas City, which please God know. I'm here, you know, for anybody who owns Clyde Edwards-Alaire, please do not have Le'Veon Bell show up at Kansas City. Uh, I'm here in Miami uh, because supposedly he practices and trains in Miami, so he's comfortable with the area. But the whole thing is Le'Veon Bell wants to go and win, man. He wants to go somewhere where he's going to get volume and he's going to have the ability to win. So I don't know what you think, John, but I, I was trying to go through this and look at the teams that need a running back that kind of can use a certain. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, it for me, it's got to be the Patriots. I don't see anybody else that jumps on the Le'Veon Bell wagon except the Patriots. Do you? Uh, I see Chicago possibly. Oh, you know what? Lo I didn't think of Chicago. Lo losing Tariq Cohen. Um, you know, needing the, David Montgomery. Look, he's we've seen highs, we've seen lows, and we don't know who he is week to week. But they're winning ball games, all right. So I'm sure Nick Foles wouldn't mind having a Le'Veon Bell as a nice little safety valve for him. Um, so you know, yeah, like it's tough looking at all the teams, and at this stage of the game, like who needs a like. Lev wants a, a number one running back position on a playoff team. How many teams out there have an open number one running back position? You know what I mean? And they're on the way to the playoffs. So it's really a limited list. You mentioned Miami. I mean, they've been playing well. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, the other one that I'm going to say is Buffalo. Can you – look, a lot Singletary of has – Singletary hasn't been lighting the, you know, lighting it on fire. Um, a lot Zach, of people were talking about that. Yeah, and Zach Moss, I mean, he's, um, you know, I liked him going into the year, getting about 30% of the carries and vulture and touchdowns. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. Hey, if, if you have an undefeated team, you know, it's all about the price tag. It's all about yeah. the price tag. 
I agree. Al says Bell should be here because we signed Jordan Howard instead, right? And that was last year when everybody was talking about, you know, should we get Lev Bell? Should we get Lev Bell? I mean, listen, I think you probably don't. Obviously, if you get Lev Bell, you're probably you're still going to draft Miles Sanders because he's still going to be that guy to, to back up Lev Bell, right? So I was all on a Lev Bell wagon when he was out there. I was like, yo, go get him. So I agree. Uh, Jen says Bell should go to Philly. Not now. I don't want. I don't want Lev Bell now. No way. Well, a lot of you people know, are clamoring for him. I don't. I don't want Lev Bell now. What's What's crazy is think about what two years ago that AB and Lev Bell Ooh. were. They were so disgruntled, and the Steelers didn't know what they're doing, letting their two, uh, you know, all pros walk. And here we are, what a year and a half later, and the two all pros have no team. Zero. Zero team. We're talking Nuts. about, and, and we're talking about them as an afterthought, right? We're talking about them as an, that. That's what's crazy. That that's what's absolutely. They, crazy. they should go. They should go uh, bid for an XFL team. Yes, Levin exactly. AB together. Who else could they scrounge up? Oh, you probably God. get Ricky Williams. I don't know where he is, but he, he, he could probably yeah, he, still run the rock. He's still he's still <laughs> high. Uh, he can't. Uh, Je- what about Jeff- Justin Jefferson this week? Justin Jefferson, man, I, I tell you, he's another guy that I, I, you know, I know we're talking fancy, but God damn it. I hate talking about him because he should be on this damn team, uh, you know, because well, we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, but that's for another, that's for another show. Uh, John, what do you think about Jefferson this week? Does he, does he do anything? I mean, you're facing Atlanta who listen, Atlanta can't cover anybody, man. Uh, I know Dan Quinn is gone. Uh, so Raheem Mars show now, so I don't know if that's going to change anything. Uh, but I, I, I think I have to feel comfortable about Minnesota playing at home against Atlanta, don't you? Yeah, it, it's a juicy matchup, no question. Um, he could have a good game. Uh, Cook's out, so you don't, they may throw the ball slightly more. I don't think the overall mo changes, but yeah, Atlanta's so susceptible to the pass. Um, Jefferson is probably the third guy. They actually haven't been using the tight ends this year, no. but they were, you know, Cook would still get the passes, which I see Madison getting. Thielen's still the number one. They'll sprinkle it around. BC Johnson will pick a couple, but Kirk Cousins isn't the Kirk Cousins of the Washington football team. Dare I say the Washington Redskins of yesteryear? Am I allowed to say the Washington Redskins? if he played for the Redskins when he was slinging the rock all over the place? I don't know. But, uh, look, Jefferson, he'll get six targets, five, six, seven targets, five, six catches. He can break a long one, no question. He could have a 60-yard touchdown and make his day right there. But you kind of have to hope for it because he's not going to see double-digit targets. No, I mean, listen, his M.O. is last two games, week four and week five, he's looking at five targets per game, right? He had that big monster game with nine targets, and then you're talking five and five. Uh, he only had three catches for 23 yards last week. That was kind of a weird game, though, that Seattle game. It was a little weird, so I really don't put that on him, uh, you know, because, again, it, it's really, you know, the one thing about Kirk Cousins is it's almost like the Jimmy G factor. They they don't want Kirk Cousins to overexpose himself, so they don't want him to throw a bunch. So they limit those targets because they limit the attempts. So he's not going to have the ton of attempts that he normally has. So, you know, it's going to be who's open more, 
And that's who's going to get the more tar- more targets. Is it going to be Thielen open more or is it going to be Jefferson open more? So in this game, I think they both get open the equal amount of time. So I, I honestly think they both have really good games. If, if you know, if you, if you had a, had to ask you which one, I think I would, I would actually pick both of them. Uh, <laughs> Molly's saying, Jenna, what do you have against us? We don't want him. LOL. Talking about Le'Veon Bell. Let's look at DraftKings. Uh, you know, for the final few minutes of this show, and we look at, and, and I like to do this every week. We like to build a little DraftKings lineup. Look at, you know, each position. You go one guy that's a lock. And, and why don't we do this, John? Why don't we go each position? We'll say that, you know, a lock and a gem. Okay, one guy who we say is, you know, a lock to have a good game. And, you know, obviously could be superstar, doesn't matter. Uh, and, and one guy that in that realm that could be a, one of those gems that's, you know, two, three thousand dollars less than that top guy. So we start with the quarterback position. And these numbers are exclusively through DraftKings. So when you hear the number that we we call out, that is a DraftKings number. Uh, you know, I think there's some juicy matchups here, John. Uh, you know, from the quarterback position, uh, I think there's some really interesting matchups as well. Uh, you know, what what are we going to what are we going to see from Deshaun Watson? Uh, or, you know, he he faced a Tennessee defense that is 31st in the league, right? Uh, you know, can he, it's at Tennessee, you know, but Mike Vrabel always has a good, he has that Bill Belichick factor sometimes that he's able to take, you know, that big element away from opposing teams. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think my lock, honestly, for this week, for my, for me, is going to be Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff Ooh. against a, a San Francisco Niners team. That's at just Sam Fran. At San Fran, but at San Fran, yeah, that that I, I, that that defense to me, it, it, it it's not doing it right now. I think that team is in shambles. Uh, you know, I really like Jarek off at sixty six hundred dollars. I I I think I would start Jarek off this week. I really would. And then if I if I look down a little bit and I give you a guy maybe that is again, and we talked about it. It's Fitz Magic. It's got to be Fitz Magic. He's he's going up against the New York Jets at home, fifty nine hundred dollars. I mean, that listen to me. That's actually a, that's two thousand dollars less than the top guy, in Josh Allen. Two thousand dollars less. That's huge, man. That is tremendous. So that's a big value right there. So if you want to build up your running backs and your receivers, by all means, you get a guy like Fitzmagic at fifty nine hundred. What do you think, John? I mean, he's definitely my gem. I mean, I have him. He's actually, uh, no, he's not in my lineup now. But, no, he's my gem. He's my uh, pickup quarterback for Dak. Um, I'm I'm going with my lock. At, I like Kyler Murray. Sorry, picking on Dallas and their passing defense. He runs the ball. Dallas can't stop anyone. 7,300 is not necessarily cheap. Look, Deshaun's not a bad value at 7,000. Look, Josh Allen going up Kansas City. I mean, Josh didn't necessarily light the world on fire last week, which is fine. But now you're playing the Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs, who have a pretty good defense. You know, we yeah. all overlook, but from the end of last year, you know, through into this year, their defense is solid. So it's not like it used to be. He may have a little tough sledding. Um, you know, so Kyler Murray's my guy this week. You like Kyler Murray? I was looking I at like him. I, I, I like Kyler. Yeah, I like I, I like Kyler. I I mean, you know, up against Dallas, twenty eighth ranked defense, right? I mean, listen, 
They haven't been set on fire there. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, for the running backs, I mean, your boy Big Ben has got a nice matchup against Cleveland too. So, uh, you know, he, he could have a nice juicy matchup out there playing home against those Browns. I don't want to touch that game. Browns. I do not want to touch that game fantasy-wise, period. The only thing I might touch is James Conner. It's wow. the only thing okay. that I – that's the only – thing that I feel or I feel comfortable with the uh Steelers D as well but I no I feel comfortable with nothing you never know it's that division matchup they're already talking about the revenge game for Miles Garrett or, or whatever and that whole debacle with Mason Rudolph last year and I, there's just way too much Cleveland's riding high they they only got one loss on the year all right, even though the team has not been all that great, they only got one loss on the year. All right, it's uh, they're going into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's undefeated. They want to punch Pittsburgh in the mouth. They're sick of it. Now, who knows how the game's going to play out, but I don't know. I, I don't feel comfortable with anything from that game this week. Kareem Hunt, what, are they going to be down? to Pittsburgh and he's going to catch five passes. Is he going to run? Are they going to be able to run? I could see so many scenarios happening. It's interesting. I mean, listen, that that's a rivalry that you know all about, right? You know all about those games. So listen, if anybody wants to listen, now's the time to listen, man, because John has definitely, definitely uh, done that, right? Uh Al says, great pick, pass, run, and get Hopkins at wide receiver. Uh, obviously, he's talking about Kyler Murray. So, yeah, listen, it's a good pick. I mean, I, I like Kyler. Um, I just I get, I, I get a little skeevy with Kyler sometimes because I just think sometimes, depending on the matchup, it could be really, really dicey. But he showed last week he started off really cold, and then he just exploded. I mean, it's like the Lamar Jackson effect, right? We talked about that last year. Lamar Jackson would have, like, seven fancy points in three quarters, and all of a sudden he winds up at 40 because he explodes in the fourth, right? So, I mean, Kyler has that same ability. Now, look at the running back position. Again, I think there's some really good plays. I'll tell you what, John, week in and week out, I don't care what the matchup is. I don't care who they're playing, home or away. Doesn't matter. Mike Davis is 100% a lock in my fantasy lineup, okay? Mike Davis has been nothing but phenomenal, okay, taking over for Christian McCaffrey. Now, I will say this. The people that keep saying that Christian McCaffrey is a system quarter, a system running back, you guys are asinine. Stop, okay? But what it, well, what it does tell you is Mike Davis can still get it done, okay? He's still – I told everybody this, and you said the same thing. The guy's only 27 years old. It's a really good scheme out there. It's a really good scheme, okay? Joe Judge. Joe Judge, this is the guy, right? This, this is the LSU coordinator. Right, or, or Joe Brady. I'm sorry, Joe Brady, the LSU coordinator. You watched what he did in college last year, right? And my buddy John James, the gambler, consistently says that he feels that he is going to get a head coaching job next year, specifically for what he's done on that offense in Carolina. So for my money, Mike Davis, they're playing at home against Chicago, seven thousand. Listen, his last three games, he's consistently above twenty points per game. He's getting. John, the magic word, the volume. He's getting all the volume in the passing game and the running game. So if I have to take a running back, number one, my lock is Mike Davis. Then if I go down the line a little bit, 
I'm going again with Mr. Gurley. Todd Gurley is back, people. He is back. When you talk about lineups against Minnesota Vikings, they still can't stop anybody. Their defense has still been trash. When we talk, right? Again, $6,300. He's playing at Minnesota. I get it, but they continue to give Todd Gurley the ball. He continues to produce. So my two picks, I'm going Mike Davis and Todd Gurley. DraftKings, John, you're up. Wow, I'm, I'm I'm jotting stuff down here. I'm look what I have what I have in my first. I you know I just do a quick initial lineup or whatever. Throw some guys in. Look, I like Raheem Mostert at sixty three hundred. I really think that he's that he's going to perform this week. Um, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I I think he's going to perform. I just feel he he's going to get the volume. He's back. McKinnon's an afterthought. He gets the catches. He breaks one. It feels like every week. Um, you know, I do like your Mike Davis. I mean, I feel like he's just consistent. You know, yeah. he gets the rushing workload. He gets the receiving workload. Kind of like what I said about Freeman to Barkley. It's Mike Davis to McCaffrey. It's give him six or 70, 80% of what McCaffrey would do. That's what Mike Davis will do. Along the same lines, Freeman. I'm going Devontae Freeman at 4,900 as a cheap buy. Um, the other one, I'd like Damian Harris at 5,000 against uh, Denver, even though Denver's, you know, rush defense is decent. Um, you know, with the quarterback position and injuries, I just don't know how competitive that game's going to be. I could see Damian Harris being a, a good value at 5,000. And then in the mid, I like Gaskin at 5,400. And then just in the mid-range, you know, Jonathan Taylor got a good matchup, 6,400. And James Robinson, he's getting a little pricey. I like him yeah, this is. week, but it's like, uh, do I like him 6,800? Uh, you know, I don't know that I'll have him in my lineups this week, but, um, you know, it is a pretty good matchup. I like Gaskins at 5,400. I say Gaskins. I'm sorry. Gaskin. I like Gaskin at 5,400. I think that's a really good, a really good number for him. And we just talked about this. Chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake. Look at their number. 5,200 for Edmonds, 5,300 for Jake. Uh, for Drake, only a hundred dollars separates the two, and actually Chase Evans has the higher fancy points per game between the two. So something to keep an eye on as this continues to go on. Uh wide receivers. Uh, tons of wide receivers, right? We could talk about wide receivers all night long, but you know, again, when we're looking at that top guy, I think there's there's no way around it, right? Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins has just been the the steadiest wide receiver in the game. Okay, he just he has been electric, and if listen, he is playing the thirty first ranked defense at Dallas Cowboys. If there's any such thing called a stone cold lock, to me, this is one you put him in as your number one guy. But then you got to go down, right? You have to look and find that gem, find those guys. Now, again, the. the I tried T.Y. Hilton last week. He kind of burned me. I thought that was the week for him to kind of break out. But what about Brandon Cooks? Two guys. Brandon Cooks, who I did call, and I said, this is the week for Brandon Cooks last week, and it was the week. He finally clicked. This week, he's still only $5,000 facing the Tennessee Titans, and right below him is Michael Gallup. Now, what I will say is anybody notice who Andy Dalt was throwing the ball to 
when he got into the game, it was Michael Dow, Michael Gallup. And why? Because Andy Dalton likes to go down the field all the time. And the one guy that's going to go up and get the ball is going to be Michael Gallup. So I think he's a huge beneficiary of this Dak Prescott unfortunate injury that excels Andy Dalton in the lineup. So I'm going Cooks and Gallup as my sleeper guys that are that are under that 5,000 mark or lower. And for me, DeAndre Hopkins is the lock. What about you, John? Man, I, I, that kind of hurt listening to your Gallup speech there. Because I, I was high... Look, on some leagues, I went heavy up running back. I was a little short at receiver, and and Gallup was the guy that I was banking on in season-long leagues. And he's Me been too. very, very disappointing. All right. Um, you know, he had the one good week, but you start him for the first couple weeks, he does nothing, then you bench him, and then he does something, and then you start him, and then he does nothing. So that's basically the Gallup story. All right. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that Dallas offense is going to look like. I'm ready with bye weeks and COVID and everything setting in and injuries. I am ready to drop Gallup in a shallow league to fill out my roster. I got Darren Waller on the bye this week. I need to get a tight end. Like I said, five bench spots. Okay. You got James Conner, Gaskin, James Robinson. You know, you got um you know juju lockett i mean there's a lot of guys there's not room for everybody and gallup may be on the cutting block on that one um i'll just bench him in any other normal leagues but i'm with you i went with kyler murray to you know switch gears i went with kyler murray at quarterback sticking with pairing him up with hopkins just like you my lock that's why I went Murray and I went with Hopkins. And also my sleeper at quarterback of uh Ryan Fitzpatrick, like good value. I'm going with um Preston Williams as my Ooh, good like value that. at receiver. So I'm taking my two quarterbacks, the two guys that I think are gonna blow up, you know, pricey and not. Well, I'm pair, I, I do that a lot where I'll put that second receiver in. So Preston Williams, I like him this this week 4700 and i'm going with tim patrick no matter what it is Ooh. down in denver look i called i i won some money on daily with the the last time uh denver played with going with tim patrick after sutton was out looking at the targets he was getting when um uh ripon came in and then same thing with um what's his face who's uh, with Jeff yeah with with driscoll I mean, he's getting the targets. They trust this guy, you know, these backups. And yeah, so I got Tim Patrick, 4,500. So him and Preston Williams allow me to go Hopkins, Murray, and, you know, spend some money in some other places. And that's exactly the point. Like you said, you know, guys that are under that 5,000, 4,500-yard mark, if you can bank on those guys, they allow you to stack, to get that one, two, three stack, man, which is which is tremendous. Uh, we, got, we got some coming in for twits here. Uh, Fuller, A.J. Brown, or Drake in your flex for this week. Uh, A.J. Brown comes back from his first game and scores. William Fuller looked, a bit, I wouldn't say reborn, but he looked a little rejuvenated. Uh, Kenyon Drake, throw him in the trash right now. I, I, it, to me, this is A.J. Brown or William Fuller. Who who do we take, John? What do you what 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 is PGH John thirty six? What's those spreadsheets right for you? <laughs> That's a I'm I'm reading I'm trying to read the spreadsheets. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm going AJ Brown. Uh, going AJ Brown? Yeah, I think I'm going AJ Brown. Uh, you know, filler. It's really almost a toss up in reality. I could I could see either of them blowing up, but I'm going AJ Brown. Yeah, I mean, Will Fuller's got a nice listen. Tennessee, he's got a nice matchup against Tennessee. Uh, you know, they they are the, we talked about 31st ranked defense in the league. Uh, you know, he he's listen. Even with them being bad, he has gotten the targets. That's for sure, right? Uh, you know, he has scored in each of the last three weeks. Uh, you know, he he's been getting around six, seven, eight targets, uh, except for the first game, he got ten. But I think, you know, like you said, I don't think you can go wrong on either of these guys. Now, A.J. Brown, it, you know, it's his second second game back. How will he do? Listen, he was good last night, man. He was really – he got – listen, he got nine targets, right? He got nine targets, and, and again, seven for 82, and he scored uh, typical A.J. Brown fashion. So, I, I don't know, John. I'll be honest with you. I, I think – I think I'm going to lean towards A.J. Brown. Yeah. I, I do. I, I think I'm going to lean towards A.J. Brown in this one. Well, and you have Corey Davis on the COVID list. You have Adam yeah. or Humphreys out. So, it look, granted, they want to run the ball, and, you know, they want to run it with Henry. Somehow Tannehill just puts up stat. He's not going to throw for 300 yards, but he's going to get three touchdowns somehow, some way. You know what I mean? So all there is is John U. Smith who is my tight end in my DraftKings lineup, or A.J. Brown. That is the passing game. Derrick Henry's not catching balls. Nobody else is there to catch balls. Those are the two guys. So, yeah, um, but I I could see Fuller. Look, we've we've seen the, the the roulette in Houston with Fuller, Cobb, you know, week one, or was it week one or week two? Cobb had a good game, then Fuller had a good game, then Cooks had a good game. Once again, uh, look, I'm banking on the guy that I know is the number one receiver without the number two and number three playing over the guy that you don't know who it's going to go to this week. Yeah, I agree. I I, I agree. I mean, listen, the one thing, I mean, if you look at it that way, uh, it's definitely, definitely a really, really good way to look at it. It would have been completely, if, if, uh, if A.J. Brown only got five targets, or six target or so completely different story. But seeing him get the volume that first week back makes me comfortable that he'll get volume plus some, you know, moving forward. I agree. 100%. 100%. And then we'll look at real fast before we get out of here. We don't know when we look at the tight end position, but why the hell not? Because there has been some decent tight ends. You have to pick a tight end, right? When we talk about DraftKings. So obviously, listen, Janu Smith. I mean, you know, are, are we finding a gem in Janu Smith again? I mean, this guy just—he seems to just, you know, he first week he has a touchdown, then he has two touchdowns, still gets eight for sixty-one in week three, and then now he's going for two touchdowns again. I mean, he's secretly developing a great rapport with Ryan Tannehill, and again, like you said, Corey Davis on the COVID list. I mean, he's taken. Every, he's taking these opportunities and he's maximizing his value. But then you come back, it's the Robert Tanyan factor. Is Tanyan going to show that he's the guy, right? Is is he going to show that it wasn't a mirage, right? Is he going to show? I'll tell you what, for me, the lock of the week, I hate to say this, Eagles fans, it's got to be Mark Andrews. Mark, the Eagles, 
cannot cover a tight end to save their life. Okay, they're 30th ranked against the pass. Mark Andrews goes up against this Philadelphia Eagles terrible cover two scheme. And I think he's going to run all over them. I, I have nightmares, so I think you put that in there. For me, he is a lock as a tight end in DraftKings, 100%. Now, I will take the juicy Juicy $3,900 Austin Hooper. Okay, Austin Hooper, $3,900 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I know you don't want to touch anybody in that game, John, but that matchup to me is too good to pass up if I get down to that tight end position and I only have a couple grand to play with. I think I go Austin Hooper. What do you think? Yeah, I got I got Hooper written down. Like I don't I don't want to start him in season long fantasy. Right. But when you look at that thirty nine hundred dollar price tag, right, yes, it's juicy. I mean, it's a tough defense, but yes, I mean, I have Hooper written down. Uh, you know, I already mentioned John U. Smith. That's who I'm rolling with at his price tag. I think he will be. Look, Mark Andrews pretty much lives or dies by the touchdown. I mean, he's not he's not catching tons of balls, and he gets one just about every week. Al's a true Eagle fan, man. I love. He said he had over twenty four points for me last week, but I can't take anybody against. I know it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, it's really tough. It's hard to even watch a game, right? I get it. Trust me. Yeah, I get so, it. Uh, yeah, John U. Smith is my guy. I wrote Hooper down, but if you want to go super cheap, uh oh, like not even cheap. like super cheap, but. Look, I'm in a deep league, and I got to pick up a tight end because I don't carry a backup tight end for Darren Waller. All right, so I'm looking out there. What do I do this week? I'm thinking Tyler Eifert, 3,400. He's Ooh. actually he's actually been getting a decent amount of looks. Um, you know the they're they're playing against Detroit. They're at home. Um, you know Eifert's gotten six, seven, and six targets the past two weeks. He has. So, I'm just saying, if anything, him or Jimmy Graham, like I don't even know what his price tag is. Season long, that's what I was. Kind of, that that's what's available on the waivers, and those are the two guys that I'm, you know, kind of looking at is the Jimmy Graham and the Tyler Eifert. You know, deep benches. There weren't. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot out there. Jimmy Graham was used to be a good value because he was he was consistently in that three thousand mark and and he, you know he's been scoring he's been playing well this year so now now he's up to five grand so now he's really not yeah. that he, he's no. not a bargain I'm anymore. not go, I'm not going file I'll, I'll go Eifert for thirty four hundred before I do that uh, I I listen I I completely agree I'm let alone John Smith at fifty two hundred I don't know why you would go Jimmy Graham yeah it, right absolutely. Uh, is Tanya in a good start, uh, you know, as a tight end? It's it, it, Listen, I'm going to say yes, I am, because, I, again, I, listen, this is the Alan Lazard factor. He's not, he's not playing, and nobody else has stepped up to be the number two guy in this, in this offense, right? And I, and I you know, Javon, I, I almost did it again. Why? I always say Javon, Javon friggin' Walker. What is wrong with me? Okay, I always say Javon That's friggin' awesome. Walker. Oh, now, and Davy Jones. And they, like, what the hell is wrong with us? Uh, but no, in all seriousness, Devontae Adams, whether he's back or not, which in all likelihood he's going to be back, uh, you know, he's the number one option. Aaron Jones is the number two option on this team. But the number three option is Robert Tanyan. And for a team that likes to throw the ball around, 
and we talked about this. Aaron Rodgers likes his tight end, man. I think I think Robert Tyen is a very good start this week. I do. And if you look at him on DraftKings, he's 5,100. He's playing against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's defense, we all thought was going to be a lock, is really not been this year. They haven't been that great. So, uh, listen, uh, you know, he's not going to get you three touchdowns. I get it. But I think he's going to get you a good enough target to catch value that you won't have to worry about touchdowns, especially for the tight end in your DraftKings lineup. So, uh, listen, if you're looking at that kind of number, I think Tanya's a good start. I would start. If Tanya was out there, I would take him over Graham or Eifert. But he was the, he was the hot pickup. Right. I don't know that he will perform a whole lot better than either of those two, at least this week. What you said is right on right on target with, you know, Rodgers having Lazard out. But I don't know that he's getting that comfortable with the tight end as he's just happy to see a familiar face, you know, <laughs> with the receiving core that he's had to deal with. Yeah, look, Jamal Williams catches balls. Aaron Jones catches balls. Devontae Adams, as far as I'm aware, should be back. Please come back for my <laughs> team, okay? It's not been fun. Please come hope, back to me. Yeah, so I'm expecting him back. And if MVS plays, I see a little bit of a downtick for Tanya. And I think a lot of it, the past two games have been out of necessity. Um, and once they start to get a little healthier that, you know, he may take a little dip. Yeah, I like that. I I, I think he scores this week. I do. I think, I, I think would, he's looking there. He's looking at the red. I don't, I don't care what it is. If you, if you got five touchdowns through uh, four games, uh, they're looking at you in the red zone. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm going to give you a stat line of about six for 48 and a touchdown. I think I, you know, six for fifty, six for forty-eight, kind of that, that kind of range in a touchdown. I think that's what you get from Tanya this week. And I, I like it, but I'm going four for forty-eight with the touchdown. Oh, I like that. So you're two catches off. That's all right. It's all good. Yeah, we're you're close. Two you're two catches off. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> I like that. We're gonna find out next week, brother. That's what we're gonna find out next week. Uh, but yeah, listen, John. Any, any last before we get out of here. Anybody, you know, we, we, we've talked over to DraftKings. We've talked about everything, obviously, waivers, you know, things of that nature. Any guy in DraftKings, anything that we didn't look at, maybe one guy that maybe, you know, that super, super guy that nobody's really looking at, nobody can find. If you really need a flyer on somebody, I mean, scanning through, I think you got a ton of work over there, a ton of spreadsheets. You know, last night I hit on McKenzie. Uh, I, you know, I had Isaiah McKenzie. He was a guy that I looked at. I was like, listen, for $800, it was $800 for DraftKings. I mean, listen, it's a steal because listen, I, I, at the, I, at the end of the day, you know, if you need, you know, you want to stack your lineup. You're looking for these low-budget guys. They're really out there, and that's how guys win. People forget about that, the star percentages of people. That's how guys win because they take those few guys. Like you mentioned, like a Tim Patrick. Not many people are going to be starting Tim Patrick. It's just not going to happen. They're, they're, they're not going to start him. I mean, you could look at a guy like maybe, maybe a Miles Boykin, right, who's going up against Philadelphia, who, who has not been able to stop anybody, right? They haven't been able to stop anybody. Maybe Kenny Stills gets in the action, $3,400. I'll, I'll give you one right now. Again, I keep talking about this guy, and they're playing Denver this week. 
3,500, look at Demir Bird. Demir Bird for the New England Patriots. Cam Newton coming back. This kid has been getting targets. He's getting looked at, and he's starting to get separation. And I think they're going to like this guy, and they're going to use him more. I think Harry's going to be more of a possession guy, and Bird's going to be their speed guy. So if they can have Edelman and Harry, and then they get they get Bird as their number three going long, I'll tell you what, he could be a really good find, especially this week against Denver. Yeah, I mean, he... He showed that he could do it, you know, and and when, when you're talking at this price point, I mean, you're not looking for consistency. Right. These guys are consistently doing it. They're not priced at that price point. Yeah, exactly. They're up at six grand. Okay. So, yes, absolutely. It's all about the spot and, and you know, having the opportunity to do it. Um, you know, I'm going to go with AJ Green, dare I? Dare I, go AJ a- Green. dare I go AJ Green? Um, look, I'm not I'm not really happy about it, but cheap thirty nine hundred dollars. AJ Green. Yeah, I mean, we're crazy. one year away from him being seven grand. And Burrow's a def- decent quarterback. I mean, I don't know if AJ Green's officially gonna play after his injury. I mean, he had he was limited, you know, with the hamstring, but I mean thirty nine hundred. Like, I'm not going to do it because I'm not an A.J. Green believer. He's burned me too many times. Isn't that crazy? That's something to think about. And, I mean, I'll go with the vacated Le'Veon Bell spot. Look, I don't think anybody wants to own anything on the Jets, but somebody has to rush the ball. Somebody has to. And, you know, after releasing Lev Lev Bell, I I can't go with Frank Gore. I got to go LeMichael P. Ryan. At four like grand, that. he's four grand. Look, I don't know that I'm going to pull the trigger on him either, but he's a he's a sleeper guy. Look, if you got someone wasting away on your bench, go pick him up because look, he he could get some workload over in uh, in New York. I, it's worth a flyer. Like I said, if you're if you're holding on to a guy that's doing nothing anyway, go hold on to a guy a, a different guy that's doing nothing. But you know has potential. Yeah, and we'll end on this. Our second is, what about the small guy in Tampa at wide receiver? Don't know his name, Brady. Like, that's a Scotty, Scotty Miller. Miller. Scotty Miller. Scotty playing that Wes Welker, Julian Edelman role. Brady always finds those guys, man. He's actually 4,000 on DraftKings. He's not a bad play either. He's been getting consistent targets as well. That's yeah. another name to look at. Especially if you have uh, if you have Evans or Godwin out. Absolutely. I will... I'll go with Scotty P. You know what I'm saying? Scotty P. Scotty, Scotty P. P. No, I'm or saying. Miller. Scotty P. No regrets. Oh, that's fine. Not much, not no, much no ever. No, no. I just watched that the other day too. That's a great movie, one hundred percent. But man, John, listen, great, great show, buddy. We're gonna get out of here. Hour and twenty-seven minutes. Uh, we went twenty-seven minutes over. But again. We go over because we get the comments. So people get the comments. They bring it in. We we, we bring it back, which is great. Uh, love every minute of it. But again, Fancy Firebox at Heat Ratio Sports. If you're not following us by now, please give us a follow. Uh, this, again, will be on podcast everywhere you get your podcast from. Uh, again, every Sunday, if you want to join me, I will be live at 9.30 a.m. for a fantasy football show on at Fox Sports The Gambler. Uh, it is part of our Sunday service lineup. And I will also be back at noon 
uh, as part of the Heat Ratio Sports Network. Uh, John will join me if he has time. If not, I will be going solo, take you up to 1245, just talking about the new things that happen, you know, whether it be new injuries, late-minute scratches, uh, you know, late-minute weather conditions, whatever they are. No, just let's talk about it, see what everybody's doing, see how everybody's lives going, and maybe we'll even build a contest together. Who knows? But as always, everybody, thanks for following us at Tikatola23, Tony Jigsaw-Gatillo, John Coker at PGHJohn36. Uh, follow Follow us, rate us, review us, whatever you got to do. Follow the Heat Ratio Sports Wagon. And everybody, as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you on Sunday. Good luck.